You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. This is December 10th, 2017, or if you're listening on Locked On Magic, December 11th, 2017. This will be Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming to you with our weekly Facebook Live, so be sure to leave your comments in the comments section over there. No, over, sorry, I, I almost had the pointing down right. Over there, um, just leave your comment. We'll get to your comments as the show goes on. Today, we're going to talk all about the Magic's loss to Atlanta Hawks, as well as talk about the injuries that have taken place on this team and what impact those injuries have. Obviously, it's a big one. And what the Magic are going to have to do to kind of hold the boat steady here until their guys can get back. I'm also going to talk a little bit at the end of the show about Nikola Vucevic and the Nikola Vucevic, what I like to call the Nikola Vucevic contradiction. I think if some of you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a little bit of a Nikola Vucevic defender. You know, I probably still come to the same conclusions y'all y'all do, or a lot of people do. But obviously he's a player that draws a lot of intense debate. And right now, if the Magic are going to save their season, because look at them right here in third place in the Southeast Division, they're not too far out of the playoffs, about three games out right now. They're going to need Nikola Vucevic to play out of his mind, just like he did Saturday night. So let's start with that game Saturday night. Uh, I'll get to the starting lineup in just a moment, Leslie. Let's talk first about the game Saturday night. Orlando, um, obviously a skeleton crew. Not even just a skeleton crew. Dante Marcatelli was out with a, with a, with an sickness, with an illness, so Dante, get better. Um, but uh, on top of all that... Uh, the Magic didn't even get into the get into Atlanta until Saturday morning. Uh, they, they were unable to fly out after Friday's game. They ended up staying a night in Orlando and then flying up the day of the game. Very, very rare in the NBA. You don't see that very often. And on top of that, Evan Fournier's out with an injury. Aaron Gordon's out with an injury with the concussion that he suffered Friday night. So skeleton crew for Orlando. As Leslie noted, he asked thoughts on the starting five from last night. I'll get to those thoughts in a minute. But the Magic ended up starting Alfred Payton. Aaron Aflalo, Jonathan Simmons, Mario Hazonia, and Nikola Vucevic. It was not the most ideal starting lineup. Orlando ended up still going nine deep, bringing Shelvin Mack into the rotation. Uh, no Maurice Spates. Wesley Wundu played. Um, you know, just uh, the Magic were searching for anything that could work. It was definitely a struggle, especially early on. The Magic really, um, the the Magic really struggled on that front to. Uh, to, to kind of find their rhythm, especially early on. The Hawks really took it to them. The Magic struggled defensively covering the three-point line really all night. I mean, Atlanta shot a really strong percentage from beyond the arc, uh, 17 for 33 from beyond the arc. Orlando really struggled to cover the three-point line. And even though Atlanta shot 51.3% from the floor, Orlando really hung tough. I mean, I, I think after you get rid of the first quarter, which the Magic lost, 32-22, push that third quarter aside, Orlando played some very good basketball all night. In fact, I think this is the kind of effort and energy from the second quarter on that, that Magic fans have been looking for and waiting on for a very, very long time from this team. Uh, they played... They, I mean, Frank Vogel is, was literally looking for anything to help his team, anything to kind of spark his team. He was trying different rotations, different lineups, different just anything to get his team the energy that they needed. Uh, and slowly but surely, they found it. Um, slowly but surely, they, they really, really found it. Uh, and and once they got rolling, it was very, very clear um, that they were going to be able to play in this game. I mean, I, I think that um, 
I think that uh, uh, with with Atlanta, you know, they're not the strongest team in the world. They're not the best team in the world, and and I think Orlando was able to get away with a lot more mistakes and a lot more of their their own difficulties because they were playing Atlanta. But I mean, you break down the stats. Orlando shoots forty eight point eight percent, thirteen for thirty four from beyond the arc. They had thirty nine assists on forty five field goal makes. That is insane. Thirty nine assists on forty five field goal makes. If anything, their problems toward the end of the game were because they tried to isolate too much and didn't pass the ball as effectively as they as they had earlier in the game. Uh, it, 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 to me, it, that's what the Magic are going to need. They're going to need that kind of ball movement. They're going to need that kind of energy. They're going to need to scratch and claw to get anywhere the rest while the, all these players are out because they, they just don't have the firepower. I mean, they it, even against Atlanta, they struggled a little bit with the firepower. But at the end of the day, and, and, I, do, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter afterward, it, it was odd to kind of see the reaction to to see the reaction to it um, after the game. I thought Magic fans were, were surprisingly calm about the game. Because on one hand, the Magic played their hearts out. It was the exact kind of effort that they would need to win games. But on the other hand, they blew it. They blew this game. This was a game the Magic needed to win. This is a game that the Magic should win, even depleted as they are. If they're going to give themselves a chance to win, they need to win this game. Up to, with about, what, a minute to play? Orlando fouls, gives Dennis Schroeder two free throws to tie the game. It's Magic ball with the chance to take the lead. And what happens is Jonathan Simmons drives right, tries to flip it back to Vucevic at the top of the key. Kent Bazemore is sitting on it, goes out and takes the takes the, uh, uh, takes the the steal and takes it to the other end of the floor. Um, he, it just, a, just a difficult way to lose the game, for sure. Um, that's that's the best way that, that I would describe it. Um, Bazemore dunks it, and then the Magic come back down the other end, they get a decent possession, but Atlanta defends it well. Torian Prince with a fantastic block on a Shelvin Mack three-pointer. Hawks go up four. Then Orlando just kind of runs out of gas. Um, not Didn't cut hard off the inbounds pass. Alfred Payton turns it over on the inbounds pass because it's not a magic game without an inbounds turnover. And the Hawks win 117-110. to 110. Before I get to some of your questions about this particular game, let me run through some final stats for you. Nikola Vucevic, triple-double, 31 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. 13 for 18 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc. I will talk more about him a little bit later on in the show because I think that he stepped up in the way that the Magic absolutely needed him to step up. Uh, and it, I don't know if he'll have another performance like this again, but the Magic are going to need these kinds of efforts to survive without the injuries or with the injuries. Jonathan Simmons, 29 points, 13 for 24 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Good to see him get that playmaking back up, get the assist back up. Um, Magic are going to need that, that too. Um, he's kind of been a, a wild driver of late, not much of a playmaker. He drives to look for his own shot. That's just kind of where his game is at. Um, the three-pointer comes and goes. It came this game, so good good, good for the, good for him, good for the Magic. Uh, Shelvin Mack, nine points, two for three shooting from beyond the arc, nine assists, really strong game from Shelvin Mack. Alfred Payton, 11 points, three assists, five for nine shooting, kind of invisible at the end of the game as well. Uh, and give props to Mario Zonia. Seven points, six rebounds, two assists, three for nine shooting, one for five from beyond the arc. Got to get that shot down if you're going to play Mario, um, but big opportunity for him. Love the work that he does on the glass. Just has to make shots. That's his big That's his big deal. A um, couple questions that I got about this game specifically before we move into uh, some other issues and, and especially into the questions about the injuries. Um, Leslie Stoves asks, thoughts on the starting five from last night? Um... I was a little surprised that they started Mario Azonia. Uh, it makes sense um, considering the matchup. Ersan Oyasova is a spread four, um, so I don't think starting Maurice Spates would have done very much. Um, you know, I, I don't, th- I don't necessarily like the Spates Vucevic pairing so much. I like it better than than uh, Spates and Biombo, but 
Um, the Magic are short at power forward right now. Uh, I, they brought Adrian Payne up as an emergency. Um, I don't think they want to turn to him quite yet, even at the end of the game. I mean, the Hawks play small, so I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, it would not surprise me if Hazonia starts again on uh, on Sunday, or on uh, sorry, on Wednesday. Um, but it, it's clear that 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 vo- that that it's not ideal. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, I get into a lot of arguments with people saying, "Oh, the Magic never gave Mario Hazonia a chance." Well. Mario, uh, or, or they're not giving him much of a chance now. Well, you know, the first thing is Mario Azonia is really not part of this team's future anymore. The second thing is Mario Azonia, um I, I can't identify what he does on the floor that, that's worth keeping him out there. I can't identify, I mean, I want him to do well. I think he's a good kid. I think that he has gotten a little bit of a short shrift here in Orlando. Um, he needs to go somewhere else to find success, go somewhere else that's a little bit of a better situation for him. Someplace where he can frankly make some mistakes and not, not have, you know, the weight of the world fall on him. But at the same time, he's got to provide something of value to the team. Uh, when the Magic drafted him, they drafted him specifically to fill a knee, and that was to shoot. And while he shot okay his first year, I think he was still getting used to the NBA line, his shooting's fallen off a cliff. Whatever whatever happened, uh, whatever anyone did to his shot, whether it's him, whether it's coaching staff, someone, someone messed him up. Someone messed up somewhere, or maybe he was just never this good of a shooter to begin with. I mean, I think I remember Summer League when he played, thinking to myself, he does not look comfortable at the NBA line yet. And, I, and you thought that would be something that he would grow out of, but he hasn't yet. The real issue is the Magic don't have many better options. I don't think you can start Wessa Wundu at the four. I mean, I think Hazonia, for better or worse, is right now the best option for the Magic at the four, unless Adrian Payne really shows up in practice, which wouldn't surprise me. I think Adrian Payne is a really fine, strong player, and, and I think that you know if he's healthy, um, which he is because he's playing, but if, if, he can, if he can match what he's done in the G League so far... Um, he could be a really valuable player. I mean, he doesn't spread the floor very much, which I think is an issue as well. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Magic do. Um, you really, I think the key for the Magic through this stretch is not necessarily their starting five. I think the key is more their bench. What are they going to get from their bench? I mean, is, ever since Terrence Ross went out, their bench has been terrible as far as scoring production. And Frank Vogel struggled a little bit with his rotation, struggling to keep at least a couple starter, at least one starter in the second unit, going with a nine-man rotation instead of a ten-man rotation, just to give that give that group some balance. I mean, and his rationale was believable, but probably not um, not strong. His rationale being that he wanted to give the new starting lineup every chance to kind of get to know each other and get to play with each other. Um, since he had just made the starting lineup change when when he moved Terrence Ross to the bench, or when Terrence Ross got injured, so. Uh, it's it's definitely a struggle right now. The Magic depth is is really the key for this team, and so we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, we're going to talk about the injuries too, but I'll get into a couple of these questions now. Um, Donald Alhampton, the second, asks, Isaac being out so long with just an ankle sprain is disturbing. Um, Leslie Stoves kind of concurs. I never heard of an injury taking that long to heal. Um, if you've played basketball, you know that ankle injuries are, um, um, are tricky. Um, I think it is certainly abnormal that it has taken a month for an ankle injury to heal or to be comfortable. Um, Isaac has been doing non-contact drills for a week now. I think he started doing non-contact drills um, a, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now. Um, so he is he is slowly making progress back. If, if you ask me, I, I think what the Magic are trying to do with Isaac is get him in a full practice contact before they play him. I think they are being very cautious as, as Mark... Um, sorry if I can't pronounce your name. Um, Mark Ng asks, um, you know, just they're they're being a little cautious with him. 
um, ankles are tricky, um, and and it is entirely possible. While I mean, we that I mean, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Central asked after Friday's game, "Is there anything more to this injury?" and Frank Vogel said, "You know, we're we're still calling it an ankle sprain. I mean, it, it, it's it it. I I don't like to accuse the magic of, of subterfuge like that, but you know, it's possible that they're they're underreporting the injury. That Isaac's injury was worse than an ankle sprain, maybe a high ankle sprain, which are much more serious serious than a regular ankle sprain. Um, I've had high ankle sprains; they suck. Um, I've sprained both my ankles before; they suck too. Um, but uh, it, it's it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a, a little bit of an issue. Um, not something I, I, I'm going crazy about. I mean, I know that there is a, I know that there is a, a quote-unquote tanking crowd out there. Um, I think it's too early to be doing that, but if you want to believe it, there you go. Um, I, if, if I were to guess, and this is just my guess, um, I don't have any inside information. Um, if I were to guess, Isaac the Magic are, are targeting Tuesday and Wednesday to get Isaac into practice, see how he feels, make sure he's feeling good, and then if he is good to go, that he will play Wednesday night. That would be my guess. Again, that's not based on any information. I've kind of targeted you know, the, a, a, day, a game after a couple days of practice or after a day of practice as his return date. Um, so Wednesday is definitely a day that would make a lot of sense. You've got two days of practice. You can practice him one, rest him the next, um, see how he feels. Uh, and then get him get him out there on the floor again. Um, I remember seeing him uh, play, you know, doing some drills after his first first non-contact drill, and, and he was really rusty. So um, definitely, I think they want to get him in there and throw him right into the fire. I don't think they want to have to ease him in to anything. And so making sure he's healthy is is good. Um, you know, I remember reading somewhere that that Isaac had never experienced an ankle strain before. Um, so you know, honestly, part of the problem might be he did, doesn't know how to take care of his body quite yet. I mean, he's 19; he's probably never suffered any serious injury yet. He's probably never had to really deal with, with playing with tape before. Um, you know, I, I remember when I, I mean, I, I am nowhere near the kind of athlete that these, that these guys are. Um, but I remember spraining my ankle really bad in high school. And, in, you know, in fact, I, I remember being out on the floor um, after spraining my ankle. My coach did not take me out of the game, even though I was hobbling and unable to move. And my ankle just ballooned and I, and I could, I really was struggling to put weight on it. And you know, I think I think the school the next day I, I wore two socks and I had no clue how to tape my leg. I mean, that was that was the crazy. I mean, if you don't know, I mean, they these guys have trainers and everything, but if you don't know how to tape your leg or how to take care of your body, um, you become more susceptible to injury. Uh, so um, if Isaac's never had to deal with an injury like this, he may not quite know how to take care of his body the right way to be ready for to to, to handle this. And so um, you know, who knows? I mean, I I, I don't think I don't think we can say for sure. I mean, that's pure speculation on my part. Um, but it does appear that he's getting closer and closer to coming back. Uh, I think that he will be back sooner rather than later. It's been a long time. The Magic have suffered for it. Um, but obviously, uh, getting him back healthy is the number one priority, no matter how long it takes. We'll talk about Nikola Vucevic a little bit later. Donald Lawhampton also adds, Simmons needs to be featured. He is ready. Um... Well, he's, I mean, the Magic, I don't think, have a choice right now, uh, to, to be honest. Um, they're going to have to put the ball in his hands and let him work the pick and roll a, a lot. Um, I think the problem with putting the ball in Jonathan Simmons' hands is he is, is a really inconsistent passer. Um, I kind of had this revelation, and I'm, I'm curious um, uh, I'm curious uh, what, what other people think of this. Jonathan Simmons reminds me a lot of Orlando Magic Victor Oladipo uh, in that he's... Uh, Slightly below average shooter, you know, not someone that you can rely on entirely to shoot the ball particularly well. 
Um, guy who gets to the basket but doesn't draw fouls. He he did not. I mean, despite all the shots he took last night, despite all his getting to the getting to the basket, getting through the paint, no free throw attempts for Jonathan Simmons, and and that's something that that I think is interesting. And while he is capable of being a good defender, uh, I don't think he's as good a defender as people say he is. Or, or I think his reputation as a defender is better than his actual ability as a defender, at least so far. So uh, the Magic obviously have to turn the ball over to Jonathan Simmons right now. Um, he's got to be their main scorer on the perimeter uh, with so many guys out. Uh, so they, they don't have a choice there. But um, you know, I think I think we are really discovering, and, and I would agree with this, that Jonathan Simmons is probably better off the bench um, as a sixth man, as a guy who can kind of lead that unit um, with DJ Augustin next to him, especially rather than Alfred Payton. Uh, so I, I think that that's gonna that's gonna be interesting. Um, uh, it, yeah, so it's 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 going to be interesting to, to, to see all that. Um, lots of comments on my Mario Zonia. Um, Donald Hampton says Hazonia was too raw coming in and is going to take more time for him to develop. It might be a couple more years before he is NBA ready. Um, you know, yes, that might be true, Donald, and, and the Magic did not afford him a really good opportunity to develop because they were trying to get wins, and, and I, I've said this about Mario a lot. I think Mario needed to go to a situation where uh, he had the opportunity to make mistakes where there wasn't as much winning pressure. At the same time, Hazonia was supposed to have one NBA-ready skill. Uh, and, and even when you're a rookie, you've got to have an NBA... you got to have a skill that at least looks like it's NBA-ready if you want to see the floor, unless you're on a tanking team. Um, and, you know, you, you go through all the rookies that play, they look like NBA players. There are very few that don't have an NBA skill. And regardless of how much playing time you're getting... Shooting is something that you should always be working on, always be improving on. That's something that that you can change throughout the season. You can keep working on even if you're not playing because getting shots up is really, really easy. doesn't take a lot to do that. Mario Zoni has somehow gotten worse as a shooter, and that was supposed to be his NBA skill. The thing that the Magic drafted him on was his shooting ability. Everything else was kind of gravy. His, his floor was always that he could shoot. And so when he lost that... That's when he became a boss. That's when he became a player that was unplayable. Because defensively, he gives up way too much. Offensively, he's not giving you anything. So as a coach, whether you're trying to win or not, how are you going to play that? What are you developing there? You, all the development has to happen behind the scenes. It can't happen in games. And it just did not happen. Whatever the, the development strategy was, whatever his own skills were, it just did not happen. It's been a bad, it's been a bad relationship. It's a tough break for the kid because he is talented. But it just never came together for him at the NBA level. Um, we'll see if he gets a gets an NBA gig next year. It probably won't be with the Magic. In fact, you know, we'll you know, I'm sure the Magic will try and throw him in to whatever change he goes through. Um, go, uh, going through some of the other comments here, I'm just trying to be um, trying to be uh, uh, go, trying to get through all the comments. Um, I'll get to seven. Seven Wilson asks, "Do you think AG develops a Blake Griffin like post game need to be need more to be a star than shooting threes off screens?" In my opinion, um, if, if I were Aaron, I mean, obviously Aaron's hurt right now, so you can't do much about that. But if I were Aaron Gordon, I would spend my next summer working on a post game. Um, if there is a supreme weakness to Aaron Gordon's game, it is his post game. He is a terrible post player. Um, you look at the stats, uh, you know, I can pull them up right now, actually. Let me let me do that real fast. When you look at the statistics, um, Aaron Gordon is just really kind of, not embarrassingly bad in the post, but not good either. And, and that's why I think you see him uh, face up a lot and and, and work more uh, as, as kind of a face-up option rather than in the post. I think against Denver on Friday 
Orlando was able to get a lot of mismatches for him. He was on, he was, you know, being guarded by Gary Harris at times. Um, they got they got that switch that they wanted, and and they would try and get Aaron in the post. And obviously, without Evan Fournier, they were giving him a little bit more offensive responsibility. He was running off of picks a lot more. But this season, actually, Aaron Gordon's playing well on post ups this season. For uh, that, that, that's surprising me. Um, this season, Aaron Gordon has 1.2 post up possessions per game, 1.23 points per possession on post ups. Last year. He was not this, this good. Last year, 0.79 points per possession on post-ups last year. So uh, Aaron's improved in that era. I'm surprised to see that number, actually. Um, uh, but uh, but Aaron would Aaron needs to develop the post-game. I think working on his footwork in the post is the next step in his game. He's added the three-point shot. It's comfortable. It's confident. Uh, the Magic rely on it. The Magic can count on it. He's creating a little bit of gravity. Um, so I think that that is, a, is, a, is an obvious next step. Um, next step for him. Uh, one more comment on Mario Zoni. I see Leslie Stowe says prior management failed Mario because he wasn't even playing in Europe. Should have been stashed or sent to the D-League. Um, my understanding is the Magic considered sending Mario to the D-League just to get him playing time, uh, but they were really afraid. Um, my understanding is they were really afraid what that would do to his mentality. Um, just There are still guys that view the G-League as punishment or as you know kind of a step down. Um, Mario Zonia being a former fifth overall pick. I, I don't like calling Mario Zonia a fifth overall pick anymore because he's not that. Um, but being a former fifth overall pick, I think the Magic didn't want to ruin any what little confidence he had left. Um, you know, I, 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 it, it makes sense. Uh, honestly, if last year the Magic had the Lakeland Magic, um, I think they would have sent him there because it would have been just, hey, go down there for a game, play a game, come back. It, it, it wouldn't have been a long stay. Um, but... You know, again, what does Mario Azonia do? Is he going to shoot? It, it, shooting translates between the two leagues. You're not putting him on the ball. You're not asking him to break anyone down off the dribble. You're asking him to make spot-up shots, and Azonia is not doing that. And and so I think there's an obsession with Mario Azonia because he is a fifth over. He was a fifth overall pick. The Magic spent a huge asset on him, but take it as a some cost. He's gone at the end of this year. There's no sense in developing him any further if you're the Magic because you're not keeping him. And it's clear you're not keeping him. The only thing Mario has to play for right now is himself. He's got to play better. And this is a huge opportunity for him in his career right now because he is going to get playing time. He's got to play better and he's got to take the initiative and he's got to develop him, develop himself now. Um, the Magic are done. They've, they're wiping their hands clean of him. He's getting an opportunity right now. He's got to show exactly what he can do because this stretch, with all the injuries the Magic are facing, this stretch is his career. If he wants a career in the NBA, he's got to play well through this stretch. And he's obviously got to play well in Summer League next year, wherever he ends up signing, if he ends up signing anywhere. So who knows? Again, I like the kid. I think that that he deserved better. I think that he can play better. Um, it's not, not going to work out here. Um, but I, I think you forget about him being fifth overall pick Mario Zonia. Right now, he needs to be rotation player Mario Zonia. And he does some good things out on the floor, but it's, it's not enough to, to stay on the floor. He still makes... Um, he still makes a lot of mistakes, and and I don't know if I don't know if he's ever. I mean, he's he's never going to be. I don't think he's ever going to be an all star. I mean, he, you develop that by now. Um, he's got to he's got to shoot. He's got to learn how to shoot again. Uh, that's 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 the bottom line. All right. Uh, thanks again for all the comments. I do want to get get to all of them, but I also want to get to this issue, and that is talking about the injuries. Of course, the Orlando Magic right now down several key players. You all know them. Evan Fournier sprained his ankle at the end of Wednesday's win over the Atlanta Hawks. Um, 
Magic, obviously, having to replace him is a big deal. He's I mean, one of the leading scorers on the team at about 18 points per game. Really efficient shooter. Probably the best three-point shooter on the team as well. Guy who can create a little bit for himself off the dribble. Is a little bit of a better playmaker than people give him credit for, but is, is not um, is not a, a guy that... Um, a guy that 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 maybe can break everyone down off the dribble would be a great passer in the long run. And then came Friday on the uh, Aaron Gordon driving down the baseline, loses the ball and runs smack into a shoulder from Gary Harris. He goes down with a concussion. He is out for the foreseeable future. The Magic's leading scorer, also at 18 points per game, a guy who is just scoring at, at will. It seems like at times, um, a guy who is is growing his game by leaps and bounds, and and, and obviously. Uh, a big opportunity missed for Gordon to grow his game, uh, even though Friday it looked like he was forcing his own shot a lot, trying to be Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon. Um, that's the one thing he can't do. That's the one thing no one can do right now. They all got to be themselves. They can't try and do more than they are capable of doing with all these injuries. But obviously, the Magic are going to need a lot more uh, with all these injuries. Um, the Magic's depth is being stretched completely, completely thin. Uh, this is a team that is down four rotation players, arguably three starters, in fact. And this is a team that did not have that kind of margin for error. This is a team that did not have the ability to lose these kinds of players. And and really, no team can lose multiple starters and expect to be as good as they were. But this is not a team that's full of depth. This is not a team full of veteran guys. This is a team that was relying very heavily on their starters beforehand. And this is a team that didn't have a lot of margin for error to begin with. And so losing these starters puts this entire season really in jeopardy. I mean, it might come down to it that the Magic end up blaming the season going south on their injuries. From Alfred Payton getting injured in the second game to DJ Augustin getting injured when the team was, what, 8-4 and four at the time? No, Magic were 6-2 and two at the time that DJ Augustin got injured and, and rolling and playing really, really well. And then all of a sudden, the momentum completely stopped as they suddenly didn't have two working point guards anymore. Um this is a really difficult, difficult thing to handle. It's a really difficult stretch for the Magic, uh, without doubt. Um, again, no team can survive injuries. But this team especially is really going to struggle. Um, we've seen it happen with the bench. The bench has has kind of fallen apart in recent we- in recent weeks, in recent games, um, ever since Terrence Ross went out, because they don't have that, that go-to score anymore. Really, I mean, Jonathan Simmons coming off, coming off the bench provided such a huge lift to the team. But this is a team that's also faced some disappointment. Um, I think Aaron Aflalo has not been as good as everyone expected. I mean, we all expected his skills to kind of degrade a little bit, um, but he's struggling to, sh- to shoot. And while sometimes he shows flashes of, of what he used to be, um, he's, he's not getting as involved in the offense as I think the ma- as, as, as many of us thought he might or as, ma- as much as the Magic would expect. Um, obviously, being down Jonathan Isaac is a huge deal. He's, he's probably the Magic's best individual defender on the team. Um, uh, so the team, the team is really struggling to keep its head above water through, through so much trial and tribulation through so much injury. And of course, adversity is, is how, you know, is how a team is built and, 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 and how a team responds to adversity really says a lot about it. And, and the magic can't be woe is me. Here we go again, or, or anything like that. That's been, that's been, um, a, a huge deal for this team. Um, there, there have been there. The Magic should. I mean, we all talked about the depth before the season. We thought the Magic were not a deep team, but would be able to kind of hold the boat steady with their second unit, at least more than they did last year when the Magic had the worst bench in the league. Um, but 
players haven't played as well as expected. I mean, Ross has had his struggles. Simmons is Simmons has been a great bench player, but now he's starting. Isaac's been hurt. Bismack Biombo has been better defensively, but that's come and gone. He's I don't think he's playing as well as he was maybe a week or two ago um, when when people when I was talking about starting him at the time. Um, and so dealing with injuries is a fact of life. No team's going to feel sorry for you. Um, you know, as Frank Vogel said. Uh, as Frank Vogel said, every team deals with injuries at some point. No one makes it through an 82-game schedule un, unpaved or unscathed. And so right now, the Magic just need guys to step up. I mean, when you ask every single player about the injury issue, about um, about getting through this time, they all pretty much all say, you know, we've got some. We've got, so everyone's got to step up a little bit. It's the next man up. Some 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 variation of that theme. That's how, you know, you get through it. And, and Saturday, I think we saw several players step up. Jonathan Simmons stepped up, played a fantastic game. Nikola Vucevic stepped up, really took control of that game, and I thought brought the emotion and energy of that team up in a way that, that he hasn't before. And the Magic are going to need that every single night from Vucevic. And, and that kind of intangible stuff has been the stuff that Vucevic has really struggled with. Shelvin Mack, who has kind of been an afterthought all year, has really struggled this year too, had his best game of the season, really stepped up. But as, as many of you are mentioning now in the comments, you know, guys like Alfred Payton are going to have to do a lot more. I mean, I, like I said, Alfred Payton scored 11 points last night, but he felt invisible. Um, he wasn't dishing, he wasn't part of the assist party, he only had three assists. Um, and, and he has really struggled to take another leap in his game. I mean, he's kind of felt, kind of reached a nice, comfortable level as a point guard. But at the same time, it feels like he, he, at the same time, it feels like he needs to do a lot more, again, a lot more of the intangible stuff, a lot more of the when the offense is struggling, get guys in the right spot, put guys in the right spot, pass guys to the right spot. We know he's a good good enough passer to do it. Uh, and so the Magic, um, the Magic are still, they're still figuring a lot of things out. And obviously two practices on Tuesday, uh, on Monday and Tuesday are going to help immensely to get this team in the right frame of mind and get this team comfortable with their, I mean, essentially a new roster, essentially a new group on the floor. Uh, and obviously guys are going to have to keep playing much harder and much better. I mean, I, I would I say again, the Magic, I thought, played well in Atlanta. I thought they had a very strong game. And against a six-win Atlanta Hawks team, that was still barely enough to take the lead late in the game. Orlando's going to need gargantuan efforts to win these games without these guys. These are big pieces, and it's hard to replace any of them. And no one can. They all got to be themselves. They've all got to play at their level and do what they do and just do it more. And and, and, and defenses are going to come, come at them and focus on them, but the Magic have to do it more, have to do it better than they had before. Execution is going to be absolutely key for the Magic in this stretch because guess what? We pegged December as the month where we determine if the Magic are going to be able to make a playoff push or not. The Magic are going to have to do that without their best players. They're going to have to do that without their two of their best players. They'll get Isaac back. Evan Fournier seemed pretty optimistic that his injury isn't so serious. Maybe he'll be back sooner than we think. Aaron Gordon's going to go through the concussion protocol. Um, it was uh, Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, I think, reported that it was a mild concussion. I don't know if um, if there is such a thing as a mild concussion, but um, he could be back much sooner than, than we anticipate, too. The Magic could be back at full force within a week. It could be two weeks. It could be Christmas. Who knows? 
But in the meantime, the Magic still have to pick up wins. They still have to find a way to stay in games and give themselves a chance. And when they get a chance, they've got to win it. Honestly, to me, that's the most disappointing part about Saturday's game. They played their butts off. They had every reason to win that game. They should have won that game. They were in position to win that game. And they blew it. Um, and, they, and they blew it in a way that you might expect a team that's undermanned and playing tired might blow it. But it was a difficult way to lose that game because I thought the Magic deserved better. And I thought the Magic should have won that game uh, with the way that they played. And, and, and they just needed some better late-game execution. And that's what games come down to sometimes. Uh, and this team might struggle a little bit with that. So Magic got to get wins where they can. Schedule does, no, does not care who plays. It just goes. And so the Magic have to play on and get a lot more. I uh, just want to get to some of your comments. Uh, again, talking about Alfred Payton, um, a lot of a lot of comments here from from some of our some of our, our viewers right now on the Facebook Live about Alfred Payton and how he has not uh, improved. Um, I would generally agree. Um, I think Payton uh, Payton's rookie year was was strong. His second year, he kind of dipped back, especially defensively. Last year, he kind of got back to his rookie level. This year, he's kind of stayed at the same level. I agree. He's really not been super impressive. Um, uh, 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 I, 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 I have to agree. Um, you know, I think again, to me, to me, a lot of people, when they talk about Alfred Payton say, oh, the, the magic, the, Hey, the magic need to get rid of Alfred Payton, which again, he's a restricted free agent this summer. I, at this point, I don't anticipate the magic resigning him. It wouldn't surprise me. He pops up as a trade trade piece. Um, once Friday comes around when the, when the trade season really opens up. Um, so, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think that, um, you know, Peyton is, I don't think Peyton's long for the Magic. I think the Magic are going to look for different options at, at point guard position. At the same time, uh, you know, he is still the best that the Magic have, I think, uh, as far as a playmaker, at least potentially the best. And the Magic need to see more from him. The Magic can't let him be passive. He's got to be aggressive at all times. He's got to push the ball. He's got to get into the lane. He's got to be passing and dishing and doing all that stuff. And and I agree. Right now, he sometimes settles a little bit too much for for first jumper and it's just a little too much too much thinking on the floor instead of reacting and playing um i, I think with peyton the issue is uh, a lot of people ask when i when i asked them okay why do you think the magic need to get rid of alfred peyton media he's like oh you can't shoot the magic need a scoring point guard i don't think that's the issue i i don't think the issue with peyton is that he's not a scorer that he's not a shooter um that's that's an easy easy uh scapegoat to fall on or easy thing to fall on um i think that with peyton the issue is more that he struggled to be a leader, um, and I hate again. I hate using I hate kind of using intangible stuff like that. But I look at Friday's game. The Magic offense was terrible Friday. Um, it's been terrible for the last two or three games, and I think as a point guard, as the quote unquote quarterback of the team, um, uh, I I think that um, with Alfred Payton, he needs to be more assertive. And that's not his personality. He's a very laid-back guy. But when the team is struggling on offense, he needs to be the one to put everyone in the right place. He needs to be the one directing the traffic better. And I think when the Ma with Magic offense struggling the way it was, and it was just it was struggling for lack of ball movement, Peyton is the guy that I think needs to be the leader on this. Um, so uh, it, it's 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 not there yet. Um, and, and it's obviously been four years now. It's, this is his fourth year, and it's contract time. And... I think, uh, and I, I think you can say this about a lot of the players on the Magic, we came to conclusions about them last year after last year's disaster, um, and um, it, it, the, a lot of those conclusions haven't changed, unfortunately. Maybe for some, I think Fournier's been a lot better. I think Fournier is, it, 
while there's there's there are some issues with Fournier, especially when it comes to Aaron Gordon and kind of sharing the ball a little bit. I I agree that Fournier might not you know I I think that Fournier is is fine. I think he's okay for what he is. He's not the most dire need on the roster or the most dire problem on the roster. Um, you know, Nikola Vucevic has come and gone. Not a lot has changed as far as him, but I'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, and, and of course, Alfred Payton has just kind of been what he is. And, and the Magic need more from those positions, obviously. And that's why they're kind of in the situation they are. Um, you're not going to be able to make trades immediately. The trade market doesn't open up till December 15th. Um, and even then, you probably won't see much action until February. So I, I think that, you know, the Magic have to make do with what they have, obviously. They've got the injuries. They've got to make do with what they have. Um, but I think it's becoming very clear what direction the Magic want to move in the future. Um, Donald L. Hampton also asks, I see Biombo is dead weight. All I see is the contract. If we could unload him for nothing and let Birch have a spot, I would be all for it. If you can unload Biombo for nothing, I think you do it just to, just to clear the cap room. That's not how the cap works. I don't think anyone would do that. Um, as fans, you got to stop thinking of Biombo as $17 million Per year beyond them. That's not. That's not. I mean, yeah, he's paid that much, and it's gonna. It's gonna hurt the magic. And it's gonna make things tough. Tough for them. But that's not the player he is. He is to me. He's still a quality backup big. Um, he's a great shot blocker. We've seen that in the last few games. We've seen that in the last few weeks. Um, he can be a difference maker defensively, but he cannot do it alone. Um, you look at the net ratings. He is a negative net rating for the team. Whatever he gives you defensively, he takes away offensively because he is a nothing on offense. Um, and so he's, he's a bit of a conundrum. Um, I still like him coming off the bench. I still think that he's value to the magic. I still think he has value in the league, but not $17 million worth of value. And obviously that's the problem. Um, Mikey Clark asked, could we see a one do start on Wednesday? Sorry, Mr. Start. You may have covered this. Um, did not cover this. Um, I, you know, I don't think a one do will start because I don't think the Magic view him as a power forward, and I think that's where the I think the Magic are going to play around with the four position, especially depending on who's starting for the other team. Um, I don't know who plays four for the Clippers. Um, is it? I don't know who plays. I don't know who starts at power forward for them uh, with Blake Griffin out. Uh, so it, it might be Maurice Spates, and might be Mario Azonia again, and might be Adrian Payne. Um, I, I think the Magic like what they've seen from a one do on the defensive side. I think they like the energy he brings offensively, he still takes away a lot. And I think the Magic needs someone that at least can pretend to space the floor um, space the floor on that end. Uh, when Isaac's healthy, I think when Isaac's healthy, he immediately goes in the starting lineup if Aaron Gordon's out um, because the Magic just the Magic can rely on him a lot more than I think anyone else. Um, and he has the versatility that they want at the four position. Um, Ruben Roman asks, and I like this question because it is a question that I'm going to address several times. I saw an article on Bleacher Report regarding making a trade for George Hill. Thoughts. Um, always be careful with what you read on Bleacher Report. Um, but uh, you know, not to start. I, I don't like starting rumors. But um, you know, when the trade market opens December fifteenth, when George Hill becomes eligible to be traded, uh, I haven't looked at the contract situation yet. But um, I I would agree that um, I would agree that that I think George Hill is a guy that the Magic should um, should look look at. Um, he obviously has a relationship with Frank Vogel. He's a decent three-point shooter. He's tailed off a lot this year. He seems really unhappy in Sacramento. Um, he's a guy that I think would be a steady hand, uh, regardless of what direction the Magic go in the draft. I think, you know, I've always said this about the point about the center position. I say this about the point guard position, too, with Alfred Payton. Um, as long as, uh, as long, the, the, those two positions especially are very difficult to fill. So if you have a starter quality player at those positions, 
you should not give them up until you have a replacement in place. So if the Magic traded, say, Alfred Payton, and I think to make salaries work, probably Terrence Ross or 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 Nikola Vucevic, let's say, um, for George Hill and some other pieces, perhaps. Um, I I think that that would fill that need. I think that I think Hill can hold the boat steady at point guard. I think he would be successful in this system. He obviously knows Frank Vogel. Maybe he doesn't want to play as fast as as Vogel might want or as this team might want him to play. But the Magic just need a steady hand at that position. I think I think they have enough guys who need the ball in their hands. So if Hill is a three-point shooter guy who spreads the floor, gets the team into their offense, can kind of command some respect in the locker room, that would be the kind of player that I would go after. And so I think that um, that, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I'm definitely for the idea of going after him. I don't know what the deal would look like. Again, I'm kind of spitballing off the top of my head. I haven't gone too deep into into what it would, it would take to get him. Um, but that would be certainly a direction that I think the Magic should consider heading or should consider um, exploring if Sacramento is indeed looking to trade a guy like George Hill. So um, definitely an interesting idea. Um, a lot of guys talking about Isaac. Isaac development is more, uh, Robert Cecil, Cecil Green Jr. asks, Isaac development is more important than anything else. If the season goes bad, who would you want to draft? I haven't done a lot of draft research yet. Um, I've watched a little bit of Marvin Bagley, really impressed with his movement. Haven't seen Mohammed, haven't seen Mobamba yet. I uh, haven't watched Colin Sexton. I really want to watch him. I'm really intrigued with him as a point guard. I, I've seen his stat lines. I obviously read what he what what Alabama did playing five on three, and the way Sexton played. That's the kind of drive you want. It wouldn't surprise me to see him shoot up some draft boards as as the college season continues. Um, I, I still need to. I've seen Miles Bridges a little bit. I like him. I don't know if he's the right guy for the Magic either. Um, you know, as far as the draft goes, um, you know, it's still very early. Um, this is a draft that I think fits the Magic's needs. The Magic need point guard and center help. They need. A, Point guard, you know, they probably need a, a little bit of help at point guard, uh, and they need centers who can who can defend the rim. And while some of the centers at the top aren't great rim protectors, they are big bodies who who are athletic and, and can probably defend the rim better than Nikola Vucevic can. So um, I think that there's definitely some options there uh, as well in the draft. I think that this is a is a good um, good opportunity uh, for Orlando to get a good player, even if they're drafting at eight or nine like they are right now. Um, you know, if they make a playoff push, though, they make a playoff push. Um, so, uh, so, and yeah, I, I agree with seven as well. Don't sleep on Trey Young. I, I, I'm really impressed by Trey Young. I'm going to get, I am going to get to watch Trey Young for sure. Cause Northwestern plays Oklahoma in December in a couple weeks. So I'm really excited to see that game. Um, really excited to see Trey Young and really excited to see my Wildcats cause, cause go Wildcats. Um, but definitely, definitely a, a lot of pieces going on here. Definitely a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things in the air. I know that um, Jeff Weltman had. I know that Jeff Weltman has been out to a few college games already. I think he. I believe he was at PK80. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I actually, I'm 100 percent sure on that. He was at PK80. Um, but um, you know, he's been focused on his team right now. There's obviously a lot to do. There's a long way to go before the draft. Uh, so we'll get into draft prep as as, as the season carries on. Um, as some of you've noted. It's I, I, as I continue to note. It's still December. I, I think that December is the month where we're determine whether the Magic can make a playoff push or not. If they can stay, this is a month where they should be able to pick up some wins. Um, if they're unable to, it makes it harder. If they're able to stay in contact with the playoff race, then you know I, it's not time to pack in the season yet. I know there's a lot of injuries. It's very easy to say, oh, just pack it in for the rest of the year. We're not even halfway through this thing. There's a long, long way to go. Bad teams are bad. They will lose anyway. So if you're the Magic. This is a team that should be fighting for a playoff spot. This is a team that should be pushing for a playoff spot. Uh, and so I think that, that the Magic should be going for it. I don't think the Magic should should rest on any laurels or do anything of that sort. 
So I, I wanted to close today's show talking about Nikola Vucevic. Um, I, I can already see the comments coming. I can already see the, 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 the fire in everyone's eyes because Nikola Vucevic is quite possibly the most divisive uh, and, and controversial player on the team. Or not controversial isn't the right word, but most divisive for sure player on the team. On, on one hand, he has been the epitome of, or of Magic basketball the last five years in, in both good and bad ways. He's the guy that the Magic have asked to uh, have asked to do more than maybe he's capable of doing more than anyone else. They've given him the most room to grow his game. And he's delivered in many ways. Statistically, he's been the Magic's best player the last five years. He's been a rock um, as far as scoring the ball. He's been a rock rebounding the ball for the most part, um, although you can argue with some of those rebounding numbers. Um, and, and he's just done whatever the Magic have asked him to do. And yet... It's also very clear that he is the player that the Magic, he's probably been the player that's held them back the most too. Because the league has become about room protection on the defensive end. And Vucevic's struggles to guard pick and rolls, to, to just move laterally, I mean, just what he's physically capable of doing, has held the Magic's defense back and kept them from, from maybe taking the heights that they need to take, getting, getting over the hump, so to speak. And so we've reached this point where it's been five years of Nikola Vucevic and everyone's seen enough and everyone's made their conclusions and everyone's seen him play a significant amount of time. And they ask, what more is there from him? What more can we get from him? And it's a fair question to ask, I must admit. Because... It, it, it has been five years, and Nikola Vucevic has been more or less the same player. I mean, he's bounced back strong offensively this year. He's added the three-point shot to his game. But defensively, he's still a little bit of a sore spot. Now, I would say he's better defensively than people give him credit for, and, and, and as a constant debate among our staff at Orlando Magic Daily, it's a constant debate. I see it, I see it on every social media challenge, channel about Vuce. He can't give you what the Magic absolutely need defensively. And offensively, yeah, he probably still favors his jumper a little bit more than he should, and, and he should get back in the post a little bit more, where he is very effective. I mean, you look at Vucevic's post-ups this year. Um, on post-ups this year, Nikola Vucevic is scoring... On post-ups this year, Nikola Vucevic is scoring 0 .80 points per possession on 3.7 possessions per game. It's a pretty strong number for him. Or that was last year, sorry. That's last year. This year, Nikola Vucevic is scoring 0.87 points per possession on 2.8 post possessions per game, 2.4 points per game in the post. And again, I don't know how NBA.com tracks those, but obviously uh, he could be a lot better and he could get a lot more. Vucevic, right now, honestly, more than any other player, is the temperature of this Magic team. When he plays really well defensively, like he has maybe the last the last three or four games, the Magic are a significantly better team. When he's scoring efficiently, the Magic are a significantly better team. When it doesn't mean that they're going to win, obviously, because the Magic are about a 500 team for the last four or five games, but um, but on the defensive side, 
he is more than anything else. When he is good defensively, when he's dialed in defensively, when he's playing intense defensively, when he's able to, to at least be a little, be vertical and be a little bit of a deterrent at the rim, the Magic are a significantly better team. And, you know, I, I see your comment, Donald, Donald, about Vucevic being consist, inconsistent offensively. I disagree. I think Vucevic is very consistent offensively. What's inconsistent is maybe his shot selection and where he gets his shots. Um, obviously, I'd rather him get more shots in the post than he does on the perimeter. And, he, and Vucevic's problem is he does tend to settle for his jumper a lot more. The problem with Vucevic is he's inconsistent defensively. And, and when he's good defensively, he's average defensively as far as the league is concerned. Um, but right now, none of that those big storylines matter. None of that matters. We can all draw our conclusions about Nikola Vucevic, and, and I'm sure we all have. And, 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 and I think it, it's become clearer and clearer as the season has gone on that Nikola Vucevic is, does not have a lot longer on this team, at least in his current role. If he's willing to take a bench role, if he's willing to, to, to come off the bench, not for Bismack Biombo, mind you, but for whoever the Magic acquire down the line, then things might change. But as his contract comes to a close, he's got this year and next year on this current deal, it's gonna the questions about Nikola Vucevic are going to be very real. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Magic decide to handle him. I think that the issue with Vucevic is that he's kind of a relic of the past. And the Magic have never been able to, to find anyone good enough to replace him. They thought they had it in Bismack Biombo, and, and they didn't. Even as Vucevic had his worst season in a Magic uniform last year. But ultimately, Vucevic does hold you back. We all know this. Just defensively, he, he cannot play at the level you need defensively. Offensively, he's fine. He's averaging, what, 16, 17 points per game this year? He's back to the levels that the Magic need him at. And back to the efficiency and the shooting that they need him at. Even with the three-point shooting. He probably needs to take fewer three-point shots, needs to get in the paint more, but that's neither here nor there. Defensively, he needs to be more physical. We know this. We know he struggles in the pick and roll. We, all, we know all these things. But again, those long-term questions don't matter right now. Right now, Nikola Vucevic is the best player on the team. With all the injuries, the Magic need Nikola Vucevic. They need him to play like he did last night, 31 points, 10 assists, 12 rebounds. Not our 13 rebounds. They know he. No, they don't need him to do that every night. But it's going to take those kinds of efforts to to help this team survive. It's going to take Vucevic playing out of his mind just to keep the Magic in some of these games. And there's no choice about this. The Magic need that from Nikola Vucevic. And largely last night, largely Saturday night, he did things within his own system. He didn't do anything special. He made jumpers. He got he crashed the glass. He put I mean he played hard and played with an intensity that we haven't always seen from Vucevic. I remember a few games ago, before game, Frank Vogel said, you know, I have had to get on Nikola Vucevic about his defense a little bit. And I think there's been a lot of fans that have been saying the Magic gotta get rid of Vucevic. He can't play defense. And not understanding why Vogel still still started him. And the reason simply is what he adds offensively is still more valuable. He's a, he's a great passer for big man, and that's something the Magic need to take advantage of now. They need to run their, their offense through Vucevic. 
and trust him to make the right decisions on offense. And frankly, I do. If 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 last if Saturday night was any indication, then absolutely he he will be a, a, a he can absolutely play that role for a little bit, at least against those centers. Obviously, he's going to go up against DeAndre Jordan on Wednesday, and that's going to be a much bigger challenge. It's easy to easy to put up big points against Tyler Cavanaugh, Arson Eliasova, and and Miles Plumlee. Against DeAndre Jordan, will be a little bit tougher. But the Magic will need that. They'll need that to survive. I can tell you, just from talking to Vucevic, that no player cares more about this franchise in the city than Nikola Vucevic on that team. He has been through hell with the Magic. He's had a lot of personal growth and a lot of personal development, but a lot of losing too, and it beats at him. And I don't think anyone would be happier to see the Magic succeed than Nikola Vucevic. Right now, that success is squarely in his hands. He is going to have to be the one to lead the team on both ends. And that may not necessarily be something that he is completely comfortable with. But it's a, it's a challenge that he has to take right now. It's a challenge that he has to step up to. It's a plate that he has to come, come up to. And it won't be easy for him, obviously. But that's the task in front of him. That's the task that he has to undertake. That's the responsibility and, and the burden that he has to bear. No one else, I mean, Simmons will come with him. But this is Nikola Vucevic's show. And he has to take that responsibility if he wants this Magic season to be successful. Last night, he did everything he could, and it still wasn't enough. And so obviously, more from other players has to be done. But, you know, we know everything we know about Nikola Vucevic. We know all the contradictions about him. He puts up great numbers, but they sometimes feel empty. He plays good defense, but it's not good enough. He has all the skills you want from a center, a guy who can step out step out on the floor and shoot jumpers, decent passer, decent in the post, and yet everything feels meaningless with him. All those contradictions are why Nikola Vucevic's time with Orlando feels like it's coming to an end very, very soon. But for now, for now, the Magic will need Nikola Vucevic more than ever. They'll need him to lead the way and keep this season and these playoff hopes alive as the team goes through these injuries. I want to thank everyone for listening for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you're listening on the podcast on Monday or watching on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, I really appreciate all your questions and comments. I love uh, interacting with you live, so be sure to join us every Sunday at noon for the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Appreciate all the comments and all the interaction. Again, that's why I do this. I want to interact with you guys live, have you ask me questions live, um, and and talk about the Orlando Magic and the big issues facing the team each week. So we'll be back again for another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live next week, next Sunday at noon. You can check us on orlandomagicdaily.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash orlandomagicdaily. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter as well at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. This Facebook Live will be Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, but every single day you can get a Locked on Magic, about a 20- to 30-minute nugget of Orlando Magic discussion every single weekday on Locked on Magic, so be sure to check that out. Of course, you can follow the—, the you can for the latest on the Orlando, Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com if you don't already. 
and follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily to keep the discussion going. I want to thank everyone again for joining me for today's episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live as well as Locked On Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you don't, we'll see you next week here on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live and tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.